You're listening to the Salty Sex Cast with Pamela and Mariah. Yeah, and what's puberty? The sex education you wish you had in high school. Maybe a diagram will help. Hello, and welcome to the Salty Sex Cast with Pamela and Mariah. Yeah, yeah, and a few others. We'll introduce them later. Yes, but first, creeping on this for a minute. <laughs> As promised, uh, we are going to unbox our sassy box, um, introductory sex toy box that came in the mail today. So sassy box is, uh, is one of our patrons and, um, they are a, um, subscription service for sex toys. So you get this, like, those are, and it's discreet. Have- Great. That's a cute box. Our patrons can see, right? It's discreet. Can see the um, the box. It's really cute, but you have no idea that sex toys are inside, and I don't know what's in here. So this is gonna be fun for all Shake of us. Oh, should we have a running bet? Okay. All right. Mm. There's a few things. Obviously, I'm guessing there's at least one butt play object. You hope there is. <laughs> yes, that's exactly why. My right. favorite, right? Mariah yeah. does not like butt stuff, but no. <laughs> maybe something in this box will change your mind about that. Okay. Oh, no. hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm vibing okay. like something, a nipple clamp, possibly. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. We'll find out. Let's go ahead and open it. <laughs> I'm no medium. <laughs> super cute little card with a personalized message oh oh from nicole and pat that's really nice love it righty sweet so there's a little instruction card in there it talks about what everything is so we have renegade stamina rings oh I know that's a favorite for Brady. My, my vote was going to be there's a cock ring in that box. And there's three. <laughs> that started tingling, telling you that that's what it was going to be. Huh? <laughs> uh, classy and sassy good wipes. They're Ooh. down there wipes. I love section. that kind of stuff. Just a quick cleanup, you know, freshen up. I, I like it. Um got to be ready on the go you know there's so much stuff in here i'm like surprised i thought there's gonna be a few things liquid personal lubricant with aloe and vitamin e nice oral sex dice oh. Ooh. so you can blow your privates or tease your ass many other things okay there we go there's yeah, the thumper Oh, made by Collect. Ooh, I don't know how to pronounce this. I'm impressed that thing fit in that box. Right? That's awesome. That's oh, a full that's size. That's what she said. Toy. Yeah. Nope. Ha, ha, ha. Huh. <laughs> thumper. Mm-hmm. So it's got thumper like, deep. looks like it's got clitoral stimulation as well as penetrative stimulation. And then some colorful condoms. Ooh, then you can tell who's who. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> More lube, 
by Joe Lube. That's where I get all my lube. Joe. Hey, that's an on-the-go lube too. You know, you can put that on a plane. <laughs> Two little pops. Oh, oh, that's so oh. I never think about that. Honestly, for sex, I'm always like, I need oh, more candy. Yeah, I had some blow pops right now. <laughs> oh, gear um, up. The flogger. Is it a flogger? It's it more is of like a, a you know, like like a nine. Nine tails type of Cat thing. And yeah. So yeah, I mean, I've already got a flogger, but maybe we'll try using both of them. One for each hand. Oh. Come on. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> no complaint. Let's keep both hands busy, right? So that's fun. Oh, fun! Excited. Yeah. Excited to get mine soon. I'm gonna use all these things this week, and we'll report back next week and. All of them. Talk about them. And then Mariah's got a box coming and Brady's got a box coming as well. And there's from Sassy Box. So thank you, Sassy Box. Anyone who's interested in looking at Sassy Box can go to trysassybox.com. Alrighty. So I want to introduce our guest today. Um, her name is Shauna Potter. She is the lead singer of the hardcore punk rock co-ed feminist band, War on Women, and also the author of Making Spaces Safer, a guide to giving harassment the boot wherever you work, play, and gather. Hello, Shauna. Hello. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, Thank we're super so excited. Oh, I'm very excited. <laughs> and I was just saying how you came on in a great week because the week before we just recorded and talked about sexual harassment and then like your book and everything, um, really don't listen to that episode you'll probably cringe talk about all of our <laughs> I mean it's probably nothing I haven't heard before or experienced right um, yeah uh, doing this kind of work and talking about harassment and what people can do to stop it and how you can take care of yourself if you're the one that's harassed. It, it definitely is really rewarding and cathartic, but yeah, sometimes I need a break and I can't listen to yeah. it anymore. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, really, what kind of got you, what gave you the drive to do what you do? I mean, anyone can look up your name and go look at what you do. So we don't want to waste a ton of time talking about too much of that. But what really gets you up in the morning every day and gets you continually? Well, that, I think these days that's a different question than like pre-corona, maybe what got <laughs> me up every day. Um, right now, during a pandemic, what gets me up every day is the, uh, is the idea that I can have coffee <laughs> and then I can have wine. <laughs> um, so, uh, but uh, in general, I, I'd say, you know, I, I started talking about identity-based harassment and, and started helping people come up with tactics to deal with it, whether they're the person that's being harassed or they witness it or, or run a space. Um, really just because I was so fed up with my own harassment. I just couldn't take it anymore. I was in my even just mid-20s saying, aren't I already too old for this? <laughs> like, isn't the world sexist enough that you only care about 16-year-olds? Like, why are you talking this way to a 25-year-old? Didn't I already age out of this? Yeah. <laughs> And you realize it doesn't stop and you just, you know, for me, I just kept getting pissed, more and more pissed. And I was like, I have to do something about it. So I started a hollow back chapter in Baltimore 
which is a global network of, of activists that, that respond to harassment, street harassment specifically, but really acknowledging that any identity-based harassment is not cool, right? And there's things we can do about it. And after doing that for a long time, just connecting with people and tabling and raising awareness, I was like, okay, you know what? The people that get harassed, they know how to take care of themselves. Let's talk to the people that see it happen. Let's talk to the people that run spaces and, and tell them that there's so much that they can do to make it stop, to shut it down. Yeah. So that, that's what I love is helping people realize how much power they actually have to help their communities. It's a really lovely thing. I love that. So can you tell us about some of your personal experiences with harassment? Sure. Yeah. You want to have a super fun episode? I'm <laughs> happy to. Um, yeah. You know, I go into the book a little bit with some personal experiences. And I mean, even I, I've actually been thinking lately how how much I love wearing a face mask in public these days because no one has had to tell me to smile. <laughs> You know, like I am loving no one telling me, oh, smile, girl, you know, whatever. So I've liked that, but it's gotten warmer in Baltimore where I am. And so I'm wearing shorts and I'm definitely noticing uh, the stairs, just just being stared at. Like you just can't go outside and get your stupid groceries and come back home without feeling like you're on display. Uh, it just gets tiring. And especially like the dichotomy of, being so home and isolated and alone, kind of, in essence, right? And and then you're outside and it's like everyone, it feels like everyone's staring at you because it's just too, ex um, so, I mean, really any of that stuff just pisses me the fuck off. <laughs> I'm just so over it. <laughs> I, I, t I tend to feel fine speaking up and saying, just telling someone to speak up. Uh, uh, so I encourage I, I encourage anyone out there to do that um, while also being mindful of their own power dynamics and privileges that they carry around in the world. Yeah. Uh, can you talk to us about your definition of feminism and what role do you think that it should be playing in the modern world? I, you know, I, I kind of like to think like when I get that question, I, I like to sort of talk about how like it doesn't matter what my definition of feminism is. It's in the dictionary. <laughs> so so that sort of means like if some right winger thinks that feminism is eating babies or being being only, your only option is to be a lesbian and you hate men. It's like it doesn't matter what you think either, because that's not the definition of feminism. Okay. Uh, so our biases shouldn't um, come into play. Uh, so. It, it really is just um, equal opportunity, equality uh, for every gender, mm. right? No discrimination based on gender, gender identity, or perceived I uh, gender identity. Um, and I think we're not there yet, obviously. I like to ask that question because I think that there is so much bias. It just, it runs rampant. And um, I, I just want all of our listeners to know that subscribe to <laughs> yeah I mean it, it means Correct it up. means like like in my daily life it means um just having someone acknowledge that people in a body like mine are harassed and made to feel less than mm -hmm. but we deserve to go into your bar or grocery store mm -hmm. and have a 
good time or, or do what we need to do, run our errand and, and not feel um, that like we have to escape or that if we told someone that worked there and we asked for their help, that they, they would be uh, actually supportive and not like, good luck. What do you want me to do about it? You know, like, I just want like, yes, there's always going to be a jerk. Um, but the point is if we can all just acknowledge like, yeah, people are walking around with some, with some heavy shit and, and deserve to uh, share that load a little bit with their fellow community members. I, I think that's what I come up against most often. And in my other job, kind of before this pandemic hit, one of the other things I've been doing for 10 years is repairing um, like guitar amplifiers, musical instruments, mm -hmm. stuff like that. And so, so often <laughs> I would get these men coming in with their gear that is broken. They're coming to me to fix it but they're talking to me about it like they definitely know way more about their amp <laughs> than I do. And it's like, well, then you fix it. <laughs> oh, you can't? Oh, I'm actually the expert? You're literally paying me to fix your amp? Then maybe you don't talk to me like I'm five years old. Yeah. You know? So, so feminism means, for anyone listening, just uh, being treated like a like a mediocre, mediocre white man is treated all the time, right? <laughs> that same autonomy, that, that same freedom to just be who you are without someone on your back being like, is this the right way to be? You know, it's like, what do you give a shit about that for? Yeah. Okay. Um, so why exactly did you write making spaces safer. I know you talked a little bit about that, but what was kind of the, the lead up to writing that book? The big lead up was um, my band War on Women went on this tour called the Warper, which is a, which, well, it's now defunct, but for a long time, like almost 20 years, it was a, a, a traveling festival that traveled the country um, bringing bands to all kinds of cities and all kinds of bands. Um, and so we were on this tour and we, uh, got the opportunity to, like, I had the opportunity to have a little class every day. If there are any fans that wanted to learn about harassment or bystander intervention, um, we would have a class and, you know, other bands, like their drummer would do a drum clinic or, or they'd have drinking contests or something, you know, like, like all kinds of stuff, like bands had an opportunity to do all kinds of stuff. Um, to just sort of connect with fans in a different way. And I was like, and we were a baby band on that tour. And I was like, nobody gives a shit about us. So I'll just talk about what I am really passionate about, which is the idea that at this very festival, people should not, right? Like, or if they are, people should know how to deal with it. So I was just giving the same workshop every day, saying the same things over and over every day. And really at the end of the tour, I was like, I should just write all this shit down. It's the same stuff, yeah. you know, no matter, no matter who I'm talking to or what their role is um, or their experience level, uh, it's the same shit. So um, I was very inspired once we got home from that tour is a grueling tour. And once I was home, I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. So AK Press was kind enough to publish my book and it's out there now for anybody. But uh, yeah, there's no reason, there's no reason why, you know, an individual in a small town shouldn't have access 
to all these tactics, all this information, just because they're not like a university that can pay to fly me out and do a talk, right? Mm -hmm. So in another way, it was, it was a way to like give better access to people regardless of their financial situation. And all of these, you know, tours with the band and also like public speaking and everything that you've done, um, do you feel like people actually hear your message or, or kind of hear the tagline of what you're talking about and then try to push your buttons while you're talking <laughs> like the hecklers? But, you know, it, it's almost like, wait, you just tested me. I'm going to push back. And I could just see quite a few people acting like that. How has that happened? And it's happened a few times. And the funny thing, though, uh, is that when they push back, I'm like, didn't you just see me on stage? You're pushing back on me? Like, who has the power in this room right now? Like, I do. Um, but yeah, we've had people yell from the audience, like, nice ass, turn around, and, you know, stuff like that. Like, while we're playing a song about rape culture or abortion rights or something, like, something that is like, you, you're really missing the mark, dude. Um, so yeah, just yelling stuff at us or... Sometimes I think whoever's selling merch for us might get it worse because they're kind of stuck at that table Basically. for hours, hours. Mm. And so, you know, we'll come in and out and we'll, if we're lucky, we get a shower or something or, you know, we're eating dinner or we're loading out. And so we're just not there as much. And also we were just on a high stage and maybe they're more intimidated by us, but they're willing to question the merch person and be like, what does this name even mean? And there isn't a war on women. And will this shirt offend me <laughs> or whatever, you know, are just like, actually, we also try to hand out free condoms and tampons um, at any show we play. And like just men and boys will just walk by and like point and giggle <laughs> at just the sight of tampons <laughs> on a table. <laughs> now, like just, so it's really ridiculous stuff, but we've been so lucky to tour with so many great bands that really believe in what we're saying, that a lot of audiences are really receptive. Um, we've all obviously built our own audience over the years. That a lot of audiences are receptive to us. We've built our own audience over the years, of course, but um, we're also getting a chance to play in front of people that might not seem like they'd be receptive to our message but by the end of the show we got them you know like it's a it's part of part of that winning people over is being really fucking good live <laughs> <laughs> like like that's the sugar that helps the medicine go down kind of thing uh we got to be good uh but we are and, and it's kind of hard to deny and i definitely seem uh, not like a pushover on stage, I guess, is the simple way to put it. So how do you know whether they're receptive to your message if they are receptive to your sound? Does that question well, make sense? Well, sort of like um, you're never going to get uh, everyone telling you everything they think at the end of a show, and yeah. I wouldn't want that. That would that sounds terrible. <laughs> I don't want people giving me a thumbs up or down. Um, but if by the end of the set, there's more people there than at the beginning, okay. if they're looking at you instead of looking at their phones or leaving, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then I love it when like some dad 
will come to merch and say like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to share your record with my kid. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, like whether it's a boy or girl, it doesn't even matter. Mm -hmm. But they're like, if, or if they say like, no, that's what punk used to be. That's, that's, that's what it should be. Like you guys are the real deal. Like I, I fully take that as a compliment. That's so awesome. Um, I love when you're talking about, cause you can see when you have a live audience, that receptiveness immediately. And that's the one thing with the podcast. I'm like, I hope you like us. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's weird, right? For it to come back or not, obviously, because we have had a, just an overwhelming support system and things have taken off we didn't know. So that's why we love having people come on that have messages similar to what we want and really bring that out. Um, has there ever been any time that you've been invited to speak or, or play and actually it's clashed with another theme and you're like, oh, fuck, why are we here? Uh, you know, uh, we're scared yeah. almost that it's they put a target on you. I would say that happened at Warp Tour. Okay. Um, there are some there are some articles out there you could read uh, about that. Uh, it's the one and only time that anything I've been involved in has ever kind of gone viral in a way. Uh, I don't wish virality or whatever on anyone <laughs> and I have so much more sympathy for people that kind of you know have something happen and it gets made really public I fully understand like there is no way anyone watching a video or reading an article can know every side of the story or, or get all the nuance um, so it's pretty wild but but yeah basically we just kind of clashed with one of the bands that played um, and kind of came to the defense of someone that they, that the band, the singer harassed from the stage. They harassed someone in the audience that was on tour with us and um, who was protesting them, which is like, they can protest and then you can be on stage and you can either get through it with class or you can get through it with a misogynist tirade where you're asking the audience to call them a fat cow. Oh my goodness. Right? calling them a cunt from uh, stage, like kind of just, they, they just didn't acknowledge how much power yeah. they had by being on the mic. And that's a huge responsibility. That's how I look at it. Um, so of course, like it happened while we were on the tour, I felt like we sort of just owed it to the music world, to feminism, to say something about what happened, just have a take. And then of course, by having an opinion about it, Lot, lots of hateful comments, lots of terrible stuff. Um, um, we got we got we got pretty beat up online um, by a lot of misogynist mm. and also punk gatekeepers, mm. people mm. that feel like they know what punk is and you obviously can't know. Uh, and so we've had people come to shows wearing that band's name on their shirt, knowing full well that they're trying to like provoke us and it's so easy to just fucking ignore them because I don't give a shit about that. <laughs> and I don't give a shit about a tiny little argument. Like I, I know what I wrote is right in a way. Uh, and so it's like, what do I care about some random kid that thinks he's going to get a rise out of me? Um, I can perfectly demonstrate the way that that other band should have done it by just not saying anything. Cause I'm on stage. I'm the lucky one, you know? 
So uh, it's it's weird, but but kind of at the end, I don't talk about this a lot, but um, there were moments on the tour where we, I felt like I was kind of um, responsible for everyone in our tour party's safety. Um, that didn't really make sense the way I worded it, but but like the band, the crew, everybody. It's like I was tour managing. I was the front person. I'm the one that wrote the article. And if anything bad happened to anyone that was with us, I, I, I felt like I had some responsibility to keep them safe. And so it, it was it was really stressful at times because I didn't know what random MRA dude was going to use this as an excuse to shoot someone at a public event because this was in 2017. Like, like it's not like that kind of stuff has stopped, but it was definitely on everyone's mind mm. uh, that summer. Um, so yeah, it's, it can get really real. It can get really real when you have a different opinion and share it online and you're a woman. Right. Oh yeah. So oh yeah. Let's, let's talk about responsibility a little bit. So, um, who should bear the brunt of the responsibility for making spaces safe? Should it be ah. the... Oh, multiple choice. Okay, yeah, yeah, I can yeah. do this. Yeah, or, or, you know, you can, <laughs> none of the above. Is <laughs> so is it the police? Is it the owner of the establishment or venue? Is it um, the government, the community? Um, you know, like just the attendees at, at an event? It's like all of the above. Okay. It's, it's everyone's but the victim. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when you are the victim of harassment, uh, there's not really much you can say in that moment to change that person's mind, right? Like they've already determined you are less than them and they, they, they don't care about diminishing you um, or making you feel small or uncomfortable or scared. Uh, so it's kind of not your job to change their mind to broaden their horizons. Um, it's everybody else's job to step up and say, whoa, 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 don't say that here or leave them alone or, or dude, what's your problem or, or whatever it is, just offer some resistance and, or go get someone in authority. I mean, I could, I could talk about specifics all day long. I, I, it's probably shorter to just buy my book. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the point is um, the victim and the, alleged you know harasser right um they are far outnumbered by the rest of us there are so many more people in an audience than the person harassing and the person that was harassed and so it's on the rest of us to just say whoa 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 not here don't do that and just just show them not everyone agrees with you this is not okay if you do it again you might be leaving and and by doing that you're also offering uh, support to the person being affected so they know people have their back. Is there a right way and a wrong way to offer assistance as a bystander? Yeah, you know, I think people really hesitate to get involved because they don't want to say the wrong thing. They don't want to make it worse or they think it's not their business um, or they don't want to, I know men worry about like white knighting it, being like, I'll rescue you, ma'am. You know, um, they, they know from feminism, they're not supposed to do that. <laughs> but then they don't know what to do instead. <laughs> so um, really what it comes down to is not making anything worse for the victim, right? So in the very least, you can always, always, always just check in with the victim. 
literally just ask them, hey, are you okay? Or do you know this person? Do you need anything? Just something. Because then that way, you're, you're taking your cue from them instead of making it about you. And also, you're letting them retain the power. Mm. It's their choice. Awesome. Yes. If they want to ask you, yeah, go get security, actually. Uh, or if they're like, no, 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 this it's fine. Or, or yeah, can you just stand next to me? You know, like, give them options. Ask them if they're okay. And even then, that kind of takes care of the, um, well, what if they actually know each other and I'm reading the situation wrong? Yeah. By saying, like, oh, Mariah, are you okay? You can be like, oh, it's my stupid boyfriend. Oh, just- <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. And, and frankly, anyone that's used to being harassed will immediately understand what you're doing and still be appreciative, even if it's just a dumb joke from their partner, mm-hmm. you know, and they do know each other and it's fine. So yeah, bare minimum, just check in with the person. And, and what if that person isn't able to speak up for themselves at that point? Um, yeah, so we can sometimes tell that by just how uncomfortable someone looks, mm-hmm. right? If you're like, hey, are you good? And, and they have kind of shifty eyes and they're looking down and they're like, yeah, I'm fine. You know, and it's really quiet and, and they just seem like, but are you fine? <laughs> um, so one, take the cues. Right. If, if someone seems uncomfortable, like believe that they are. Um, and that's when I would do the whole pretending that we're friends. You might say like, um, oh, hey, oh, my gosh, I haven't seen you in so long. You know what? You got to go hang out with my friend Bobby. Bobby's here. Let's go. And like take them and actually physically walk away and give them a chance to have that separation. And then you can ask them again. Are you OK? What do you need right now? Um, if you work in a place you can also say like oh i think i'm having a problem with your card behind the bar can you come back here and we can make sure that everything's all right because i gotta get paid you know whatever (laughs) so you know it's like it's light it's jokey you're not making a huge thing out of it um but you want to separate them if you can to get the real the real scoop you know so it sounds like your approach is entirely victim-centered like you don't even interact with the perpetrator but you can you can. Sometimes that is the right thing to do. So anyone can Google the five D's of bystander intervention. It is in my book. I, I want. I wanted my book to have like um, a really like full, complete picture, like start to finish. What are all the things you can do, no matter what your role is, no matter what your authority is, uh, your experience, whatever. Like here's here's everything in one place. That's what I wanted the book to be. Um, but there's plenty that I didn't make up myself. And one of those things is the five D's of bystander intervention. Uh, that's from Green Dot and Hollaback. So one of those D's is direct. Is where you just say like, stop using that word or leave them alone or dude, what's your problem? That's direct. Uh, you can also delegate, go get someone, go get the security guard, go get something else, or even just get another person to stand with you so that you look a little more imposing than just one little tiny five, four lady like me. Um, but I, I think that people that have a lot of privilege that maybe are tall, you know, or bigger in stature in general, um, or that look the same as the harasser, I feel like it's their job to be direct and just say like, we're not all with you on this whole racism thing, dude. Like, can you lay off of this? Like, alone and like telling them to shut it down if it's a white guy being 
it's going to have more power coming from another white person, right? And so it does matter that you would want to be direct in that moment. Um, but you can delegate, you can distract, you can document, you know, there's a lot of things you can do if your physical safety is at risk. Like you can't help anyone if you're being harmed. Right. So you got to be safe, but then you got, so how do you, how do you choose words when you are opting to be direct that don't escalate the situation? It's just, uh, staying calm, right? You, there's no reason to even match their level of aggression, you can just stay calm and be like, dude, that sounds hella racist. Blah, blah, blah. More racism. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's racist. Get away from us. Sorry. Thank you. Anyway, you know, and just walk away, move on. Like, let's let's get out of here, away from this person. Um, but I, I think it's good to recognize, I, I think one of the things that we need to keep in mind is that di uh, direct does not mean having a debate. <laughs> with somebody <laughs> like that you don't actually owe anyone hours of your time right especially a stranger that's just being a jerk so say your piece say what it is say what's happening and then move on so hopefully that's less stressful than like okay we got to get a good enough relationship and i'm going to invite you you over for the holidays no that's not <laughs> that's not necessary or even like oh geez I haven't done my research so I can't approach this person because yeah, I, I, but again I that's why I say in formed way yeah, yeah but that's why I say in the very least just go up to that victim and say are you good yeah what do you need like like anytime we go blank and we can't remember our five d's after reading Shauna Potter's book, uh, <laughs> just just go straight to, are you okay? Yes. Yeah. Um, so um, Pamela listed off a few different levels of intervention. You know, we had the police, we had all sorts of things. Who have you found that's been one of your biggest allies in the message you have to share? Just other community members. Yeah. Honestly. Just yeah. start with the individual. Yeah. And, th and that's what I focus on. Like one of the points of my book, not only was it so that it, all this info could be financially accessible to more people. Um, it's also a book that doesn't involve the cops in any way. We don't need them. We don't need them to make our communities safer, to make our favorite gathering spots safer. We just don't. And cause it doesn't work. Like, I don't know when this is airing, but like <laughs> this is a busy weekend for people being pissed at uh, the state, at police, at the violence against uh, black folks, especially, but people in color, people of color in general. So we're not involving them because we don't fucking need them. We, we have all the power that we need to, to, to keep people feeling supported from harassment and to shut harassment down when it happens, which goes towards preventing it happening in the first place. Yes. If people know it's just not, it's not going to fly here. You're not going to get away with it. Then it stops happening. Um, so it's really just community members. I, I think, I think people now, because so many people get like called out online and dragged and all that stuff. I think finally businesses understand that they can't just ignore incidents of harassment, that they, they need to address it. They need to deal with it. Um, and that it's not, that I think in the past they could ignore it. It would blow over. People would forget and they'd keep giving the money for their beer or pizza or whatever. Right. 
but that doesn't happen anymore. And so they have to be a part of the conversation and they have to be transparent and normalize uh, shutting down harassment. So I think they're realizing it could affect their bottom line, which is what most people care about. <laughs> and that's so that's fine with me, whatever it takes, you know, to recognize that uh, they can make a difference in making their space. Like, do you want your space to be fun for harassers or people that get harassed? You know, yeah. I, I know what I would choose. So can you talk a little bit about how harassment, um, um, we can, we don't just have to talk about harassment. Oh yeah. yeah. Talk about <laughs> I'm almost at the end of my, yeah. <laughs> my list of questions about that. Cause that but, was last week. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'm curious because because you have, you know, all of this experience in the punk world and because I haven't been to a lot of punk shows, maybe just like one or two, um, and I'm not really familiar with it. So like, does harassment take like a different, does it have like a different flavor in that environment versus a bar that, you know, just like a local bar or um, any other kind of like local venue? Like, I. I guess I'm asking, like, does each of these establishments have their own unique challenges? And yeah. do, we, do we deal with it? In but a so does way? every town, every state, every, every, every identity-based harassment has its own flavor, different intersections, you know, like, it's all different. Like, the great unifier is that people are being harassed at every genre of show, right? It's not a punk problem, it's not a rap problem, it's not a rock problem, um, not a country problem, like it's everyone's problem. It's happening kind of wherever you go and that's the problem. So what I love doing so much is working with individual spaces to tailor everything in my book and, and in my experience tailor it to their physical space and the kind of people they get in there and, and the workers and, and, and it's kind of lovely that I can take these same tactics and that they're going to work for the Baltimore free farm, but they're going to work for sugar, the sex toy shop, and they're going to work for Joe squared pizza. And, you know, like it's the same stuff, but it's just acknowledging like, okay, where are your exits and where do things normally happen? And can you take someone aside and give them some water and let them chill out for a second? And like, what clientele do you have? Oh, if it's a lot of trans and non-binary folks, you need to be fucking explicit <laughs> about the bathrooms and that harassment isn't okay. And, you know, so uh, it's, it's happening everywhere. It can look different everywhere, but no one's required to memorize every single kind of harassment that could could ever possibly happen. All we need to remember is that uh, we need to believe the victim in order to help them. Mm. And if we're not even sure someone's a victim, just look for people that look uncomfortable mm. and just ask them if they're okay. I love that. So what are the other fun things? <laughs> so, I mean, that that sex toy looked cool. I don't know. No, it was, it was very <laughs> I, I actually have it's a question. It's not my color, but... Yeah. Um, for you, Shana. Uh, so I, I think, I think for me, I've, I've always been curious, like, like, do you see, 
I mean, being male and white and middle-aged, um, I have a lot of privileges. Um, and, you know, I, I am too much. very much aware of it. Uh, but I, I'm just curious, like, like, um, do you ever get like people and you're talking to them and, and like, they're like, um, especially men and they're like, I'm, I'm not a feminist or they say something silly like that, or, or just like they have that thing about them. And then after like having conversation with them and you're like, they're like, I think I am a feminist, you know, type of thing. <laughs> like, like, because to, to, to be defined as a feminist, you know, I think a lot of men would think, oh, that's. That's a woman thing. That's not me. I support feminism, but I'm not a feminist, which doesn't make sense. But I mean, I, I'm just curious, like, like, um, what what do you think would help with like that buy-in for again, middle-aged white men? I, I think that I'm lucky enough that, and a lot of the places I go, I, I've either um, been paid or even just been asked to be there to do the training, right? So for the most part, most people want me there. And it's really easy in a crowd of 15, if there's one person that's just holding you up, you can say like, yeah, you're not the only person here. I'm gonna move on. And I'm, so, I'm sorry, I have a problem with this, but like, I'm gonna keep going so that everyone else can learn and we can talk about this later, you know? So that usually shuts people down a little bit, which is really fun, honestly. <laughs> um, and, and if I'm not doing that, then I'm on stage and maybe I'm, uh, seen as more intimidating because people aren't used to seeing women angry. Mm -hmm. And so they think I'm going to be acting wild and punching people off stage <laughs> or something, you know? You have, like a, you have like a sword and shit like that. And <laughs> yeah, like, like, oh, I, I don't know. I've, they she's, just she's don't know what to expect off stage. Exactly. So I probably don't get as many people approaching me at a show that would, that would disagree with me or, or be like, meh, meh, meh about anything because they're probably a little scared too yeah. which i love too so what that makes me think of is just that basic idea when you're dealing with friends and family that maybe don't get a social justice issue and mm. like you're at thanksgiving or whatever you're around the table and like how do you get them to the other side mm -hmm. of that issue right if you really want lasting change um i take a lot of advice from uh, SURGE, which stands for Showing Up for Racial Justice. And they talk a lot about, um, one, you just kind of, you actually need compassion, mm. which seems really hard mm. when you're angry about something and you're fired up and this person is, seems like they're just being obtuse on purpose. And, but if you want to create change, you've got to be patient with them and bring them along with you, right? If people are feeling defensive, they're not going to hear anything you say. And so you have to come from this place of curiosity and like really asking, like, so what bothers you about that? Or what do you mean by that? And, and, and really be curious, not, not combative. So being curious, really trying to understand, um, that's a good tactic. And the other one I really like is making something personal. So like when this bathroom bill stuff was going on in North Carolina, I could say, you know, I have a lot of trans friends that are afraid for their safety. If they go into a bathroom and, and they feel like they're going to get beat up, like there is no right choice for them. Where are they supposed to go? Everybody's got to go. Where should they go? Yeah. And these are my friends. Like, and so you could just push that, like how it affects you or someone you're close to so that it doesn't seem like this 
theoretical idea we're debating in university or whatever, that it's something that really affects people and it matters. And so maybe don't be so flip about it. Mm -hmm. So do that. I don't know. Yeah, no, no, that makes sense. I mean, I think a lot Our of fair, times, at least. you know, people, people feel like they're victims, even when they're not, you know what I mean? Like, like sometimes there are um, men out there that are like, I get, I keep on getting attacked for these feelings. But don't that forget I have. the middle-aged men. What yeah. about us? <laughs> We're, yeah, I mean, let's, I, I let's would start. say that they're, you know, I wouldn't say this to their face, but they're being lied to and manipulated every oh, day. Yeah. Almost and definitely. so I think, let's see, I don't know if you can see it if, or if I can even find it. There's a book called, um, we were feminists once. Mm -hmm. And it's so good at laying out like the history of how feminism got co-opted and rebranded and turned against us and that it's not an accident that so many people have really strong opinions about whether or not you're a feminist or not. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not an accident. It's um, it's it's really a fascinating read. And um, I recommend people. I always recommend people read that book. We were feminist once, and also feminism is for everybody. Two great primers. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. Shauna, have you ever encountered? Um, I've kind of seen it a couple of times uh, when I was driving truck in the Pride Parade, but there were kind of like skeezy guys waving the feminist flag, very clearly not like involved in the movement at all, but they were sort of using it as an in with pretty women oh. wearing shirts. Uh, that said feminism on them. Have you encountered that? Were you doing that, Brady? I'm I'm curious if you're saying if it's okay. No, 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 no. no. For a friend. No, I've just a it's something. Of mine. It's something that I've seen in the past, and so I was just kind of curious if you've encountered that. I mean, being a presence on stage and attending a ton of events, um, you know, I mean, I can only speak for the events that I've attended, where there's definitely there's there's a sliver of middle-aged white men, surprisingly enough that are sort of like trying to get under the radar and using feminism as an yeah. in. And they're like, I'm creeped out by them. I can only imagine, you know, like if right, somebody's right. spidey sense goes off, how creeped out they would be. I'm just kind of curious as to your <laughs> take on that. <laughs> I, I, I don't have personal experience with it uh, too much, um, but it is a phenomena that in any social justice movement, there's, you know, wolves in sheep's clothing that are trying to get in and kind of use it for hooking up or, or something, right? And manipulating people and kind of lying about who they are and what they believe just to, just to get some. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people I know do a lot of safety planning where they just tell each other. There's like networks of people sharing information like, hey, just say, you know, watch out for this guy. Um, which is sometimes all you can do or a public call out or whatever. I, I would argue that's all fine and good. Um, it's actually more of the responsibility of that guy's friends to call him in and say, you got to change and, and let's go to therapy. I'll drive you. Did you go to therapy last week? Let's talk about, you know, like actually make sure that person changes their behavior. Um, but it definitely is a thing. I, I mean, even at shows, it's like you'd think that if people are going to a show where like a few feminist hardcore bands are playing, that they would totally get it, everything that we're talking about. But it's hard to combat uh, a lifetime of socialization of not caring about women or their boundaries, right? <laughs> like, 
I, I, I get it. I, I, I get that that would be hard to undo. It takes a lot, a lot of work and not everyone's there. So I've seen someone, you know, uh, we, we played overseas in the UK with this band called Petrol Girls. And there's just kind of this guy hanging out all night at this one show. And we were all sort of passing him off to each other. Like we could only take so much of the in your face, blah, 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 blah. And, and it's not just that he was a talker or a close talker, but he had a, cre- you know, has a creepy vibe. You, you just know, right? And, and so we're all like, okay, well, I got to go check on merch. Why don't you talk to Max? You know, whatever. Um, but like right when Petrol Girls were finished performing, uh, I, I think the singer and I, uh, I think we both kind of share that idea that when we're done with being on stage for half an hour, like screaming our guts out, sometimes we need to decompress, right? It's, it's such a huge physical release and, and like spiritual release that we just need a fucking second. And it's not that way for me every show. I, I think she's a little more ne- needing that than I am. Um, but like, she was like making a beeline from the stage to this closet backstage. <laughs> so small, so small. And this guy was literally following her up until the door slammed in his face, you know, like trying to talk to her. She was not having it and not, not even giving him anything back. And he was like at the door and had to decide, do I just stay here and wait? Do I turn around? You know, and we were just like, leave her the fuck alone, dude. So, uh, yes, it happens (laughs) regardless of the scene or where I am or what's going on. Like there's folks that, even with the best intentions, if they haven't done any real hard work or they're just not as good at taking social cues, which not everyone is, uh, then they're going to still uphold some of the stuff that we're trying to fight against. So again, it's on that dude's friends and family to correct that behavior because how, how is the singer from Petrol Girl supposed to do it herself when she's got a take care of herself after a show, you know? Yeah. I want to hear kind of the the history of War on Women. Okay. How did did your band come to be? Google it. No. (laughs) (laughs) End of discussion. (laughs) We, uh, we, the guitar player, one of the guitar players, Brooks and I, um, he and I had been playing in a band before War on Women. And we, um, you know, bands fizzle out. I've been playing guitar since I was 12. I've been playing live since I was 14. Like bands come and go and you do your best and whatever. Uh, but our last band was sort of fizzling out and, but we didn't want to stop playing. We were the only ones left in the band that still wanted to play. I couldn't, I couldn't help it. And we were like, well, let's do something else. Let's do something like heavier. Let's do something like tough. Like, and I was like, you know, I'm also really pissed about the state of women's rights and and how no one seems to give a shit and how this stuff is like, I shouldn't be protesting this because it's been protested for so long, hundreds of years. Why is this still a thing? And we were like, okay, well, let's do that. <laughs> let's do an angry feminist band. Like, and okay, deal, we shook on it, right? And it just started from there. Um, and that, that was in Baltimore about 10 years ago is when we were kind of having those conversations and the term war on women was finally gaining mainstream traction. You know, it had been introduced before, 
Um, but it was being talked about in a more like real way, tangible way. And I think it was actually Brooks that was like, let's call it War on Women. Like, let, let's let people know up front what we're about and what to expect. And I was like, <laughs> okay, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> so we've been going ever since, right? Writing about as much stuff as we can while still letting it be natural. And, you know, it's hard, it's hard for people to say, you should write a song about this, right? No matter what it is. But it's like, I, I got to find an in. You know, I gotta, I gotta connect with it in some way. Like it's still a band. It's still like personal and vulnerable, even though it's about these bigger issues and, and stuff that I don't even personally have to deal with all the time. So, um, still very much a creative process, but then we just try to, at least lyrically, I try to do it in a way that, um, just shows, shows a lot of different perspectives without speaking for anyone, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, for myself, um, I, I, uh, I have always loved like like angry women music. Um, <laughs> no, I mean honestly, it's very complex and it's real anger. Like it's real fucking anger. Like when yeah. you hear it, you're like, holy. Fuck. They'll fuck you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like I mean, when Napster was around, that's old I am. Um, uh, and I was a teenager. Like my first thing that I downloaded was Ani DeFranco. I, I I didn't know who she was, but I just remember like it really changed my perspective on on like what anchor is yeah right <laughs> like, because i mean it was like um rooted and and like you know like fighting against the system that was totally against um what she was about and is about still and and like you know i my my daughter who's three um is named ani for that reason because like wow. the world needs more more women that are fighting against the system that's really fucked up. I feel up like and, I should tell anyone still, listening that if they think that we sound like Ani DeFranco, they'll be disappointed. <laughs> no, no, you guys don't. Um, <laughs> I think that there are I, I think that there are some acceptable ways that society lets women be angry, and I think that we're showing a different Yeah, way, almost definitely. <laughs> so I just didn't want anyone to get like real sad no, no, when they no. heard some heavy riffs. No, no, you know? no, no. Just, just talking about the, you know, the angst of, you know, like like no, the, know. the the feeling of emotions. By all means, I I heard, I heard some of your music today, and I was like, that's not Anita Franco, um, not at all. Which is good. I just mean in in the sense of like, you know, like when there is anger and other things, and it's coming, you know, like from like there's like. Um, just songs that I've heard from like really good hip hop artists that are really speaking their hearts or um, good punk bands that are really speaking from their heart or folk or whatever it is, if they're speaking from their heart and it is a place where they're like, this shit isn't okay at all. It's, it's just, you know, it's, it's yeah. so cathartic. The word I so connect to a lot is righteous, righteous mm. anger. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. what matters to me. Do you ever um, find yourself Maybe at a moment where you're like, oh, fuck, what did I do? Like, I opened a can that I wasn't quite ready for this heavy weight of my shoulder. I mean, you are, in a sense, a spokesperson for this. Um, and did you really think that it was going to be, you know, as either hard as it is or whatever it was? But, I mean, how has that been? Uh, I, so Warped Tour was one of those times where I was like, should I have done this? Um, but then in the end, I was like, yes, I, sh I should have. Like, f fuck the old guard of punk and, and fuck misogyny, right? Um, 
but I, and your question makes me think of a specific incident, actually, of playing somewhere in LA. And the crowd, like, we're playing with a bunch of different bands, and the crowd was, like, really rough, um, crusty punks, and for the most part. But there were so many, like, women and non-binary people there that just wanted to have a good time while we were performing. And you could tell there was just, like, a couple jerks that were just like, oh, music's playing. Oh, that means I punch. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Ooh, like I that means those. I punch and kick and I don't care about anyone else around me because there's music playing. And you, and it's like, right. I'm sorry, but mm -hmm. there's so many people that are marginalized that experience violence every day just for being who they are that being punched in a mosh pit is not super fun for them. They, they don't actually want that. And while some might, and it's cathartic, um, it's, it's just sort of like a read the room moment yeah. to me. It's like, uh, no one is, no one is into this dude. Like nobody is into this, shut it down. So it kept happening. I kept talking and saying like, calm the fuck down and like let people dance and hang out and whatever. And he just kept going and security was nowhere to be found, which again, uh, read my book. Uh, <laughs> I have some lessons for you, security guards. And I finally just got in the audience and just put my, my, my arms out as wide as they could go. And my, my, my stance was kind of wide and was just like kind of protecting them, these like three or four young non-binary people in the front and was just like, okay, fine. Uh, if you're gonna punch, are you gonna punch me? The one with the mic that's on tour with your favorite band? Is that what's gonna happen? You're gonna do that, you know? this is how you dance to music. And I started dancing like the breakfast club to our music. I just doing my little like shimmy and, and showing that you can just have fun and dance to anything uh, without hurting anyone. And after being down there for like a song or two and kind of, you know, it got close and tense, but I didn't actually get punched or anything. Then I got back on stage and finished the set. And man, when I was done, Again, it's like that thing where I felt so much responsibility for the safety of others that it took it all out of me. And I was just, I was just outside in the back sitting on the curb for, like, I just couldn't talk for like 20 minutes. And like, if I can't talk, you know, something is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say that. Um, so it was, it was big. So yeah, it's like, I didn't know if by going into the audience, if I was going to get my ass kicked or not. But it was sort of from that moment, being on stage and not like seeing what's going on and not helping, I, I couldn't I couldn't stay up there in good conscience either. So I risked it and it worked out and it was still tough. I have no idea if that guy learned a lesson, but geez Louise, those folks that were up at the front, like were so grateful and we got to all hug and Aww. it was like really beautiful to share the show with each other, you know? I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, thanks for asking. Sean, I have yeah, a question. I have one last question for you. You go first, Pamela. Oh, sorry. Okay. Mine's mine's a cute question. Okay. Um, <laughs> so is so I want to know, because you kind of hinted this in the description of your book, um, what are some ways that we can flirt with others without being creepy? Yes. Have you talked about this on your show before? No. I just I just read the article. We talked about like, compliments. We talk, we talk a lot of what not to do and, and hitting on yesterday or last yeah. week, last week. Yeah. Yeah. That's we did. true. We that's did. True. That's true. Yeah. Well, so I, yeah, I included a chapter in my book called how to flirt without being a creep. 
because one of the things I love to do is shut people's ideas down, their, their silly ideas before they even start. And so sometimes when you're like, I don't want to be harassed, someone's like, so I could never hit on a woman ever again? And it's like, well, that says a lot about how you hit on women. Uh, but uh, no, no, everyone wondering. Uh, we can still flirt and have a good time and hook up and whatever, uh, but we can do it in a way that just respects that people are people <laughs> and not just like fuck machines, mm -hmm. right? So it's mostly about the idea that like you are not original. Whatever you're about to say to this person, they've heard it before. You you might not even be the first person that night to talk to them about it. And so, so what is your goal here? Are you actually trying to make a connection with this person or you just got some shit to say that you could just keep to yourself? Usually I'd say you could probably keep it to yourself. Like don't chit chat uh, for no reason. You could be leading them on and you're probably saying some dumbass shit anyway. Right? <laughs> so be quiet. That's and if you can't true. be quiet and you want an actual connection with someone, um, don't talk about things they can't control, their body, right? How sexy they are, how they make you feel, you know. <laughs> uh, I say focus on the things that they decided, like the cool shoes or the color in their hair, uh, you know, stuff like that. Just be like, those shoes are awesome. Oh. Say something like that, or like, or I've I've read that book. I think it's really cool. Have you read their other stuff? And you can only say that if you've actually read the book. And you think it's cool, right? Like, don't lie either. So focus on what they had control over, but then acknowledge that, uh, you know, someone like me, I have a few tattoos. I certainly had control over that. But again, I've been asked about them over and over and over again. And I'm instantly bored and thinking that you're creeping on me, right? So like things like that, you want to just acknowledge that you're not you're not the first and to just give them some privacy and not make them feel like on display for, for a couple of those ornaments that they chose for themselves and paid for, you know, and take the no, God damn, take the no. <laughs> if, if anything at all, it leads you to believe that they're with someone else or hanging out with their friends, they're walking away or they go, uh huh. Okay. You know, and have that little like nervous laughter. It's a no, it's a fucking no, like leave them alone. And if you're going to shoot your shot, just literally say, hey, I think you're cute. Here's my number if you ever want to call me. And then walk away. Walk away and don't linger and creep on them for the rest of the night. So that's my advice. I'm feeling very passionate about it. I like it. it. That was good. It was Thank really you. good. That was helpful. Be direct. There's more in the book. I like it. I need to go to the bar with Shauna. She needs to be just like my wingman person. Oh, I got you covered. I'm ready. <laughs> Not that I'm looking for anyone, but I know like she's got me. You know, like, you should just have her like on your cell phone and she's there with you the whole time. Like, like I'm like, phoning okay. a friend. Now you're going to say. Yes. <laughs> I love that you mentioned shoes because I like I like um, pointing out shoelaces. If somebody has taken a long time to put on different shoelaces in their shoes, I will walk up and be like, "How long did that take? That is cool," and uh, I get a way yeah. more positive reaction than anything else I could say—hair color or anything like that. So, so one of the questions yeah, I wanted to they put like effort into that right yeah especially when they tie them up where they're you know it's not the standard crisscross or it's just like straight across i notice that because i've done it to my shoes 
And like I just pointed it, I pointed it out to um, oh, uh, you little punk rocker. I'm into it. I'm into it, Brady. Oh, I totally put effort into my converse. Otherwise, it wouldn't be cool. Like you have to. It's a rule. It's in, <laughs> it's in the Constitution if you've read it. Uh, anyways, one of the questions I wanted to ask is: uh, I have a little girl. She just turned eight, and her favorite band is Skillet. Skillet was coming around a concert, and I was going to take her to it. But unfortunately, it was in a bar, so I couldn't take her. But panhead, <laughs> she's so she's so cool. She's cooler than me. Uh, I think she likes Skillet too because uh, <laughs> she she loves the music video. And she said something to me like, "That's a girl playing the drums. Are they allowed to do that?" And I was like, "Of course they're allowed to do that. That's why you have a drum set, dude." Oh, shit. <laughs> so she's got a drum set waiting for her if she ever wants it. But um, my question was, I try to. I try to show her, um, like every Valentine's Day, I show up at school, flowers, stuffed animal, and I try to show her that you should never, uh, you should never accept treatment from somebody that you, that either isn't good enough, or that you don't appreciate. And, you know, may, I might not be doing it right, but this is, I just lost you guys. For being so nice. You're out of here. I'm back. <laughs> You've been booted. Oh, I'm back. Sorry, can you hear me now? Oh, no. He's coming on. He's... Okay. I can hear you guys. Can you hear me? Maybe. Maybe. Oh. Yes, we yes! can hear you. Yay! Yes! You're you back. Oh. I'm back. You. You're going to have a lot of editing to do, Brady. So, sorry. A lot of 10 seconds there. I know. Uh, <laughs> anyways, so... I mean, I'm constantly well, trying I know, to... I know what you're getting at, though. Oh, okay. Go ahead, then. Hey, Brady. You're yeah. breaking up yeah. so much. Yeah, you're breaking up. But... Okay. I'm going to pause my video, and let's, let's see if that helps. Okay. Yeah, do that. Do that. <laughs> now I can see you guys. How do I sound? You sound good? Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Shauna, it sounded like you kind of got where I was going, but just to summarize the question, I'm... Yeah. hoping to show her that she's empowered to choose the way other people treat her or at least stand up for herself when she doesn't like it. Do you have any recommendations for, you know, things I should be doing or behaviors I should have as her parent that maybe impacted you? Yeah, well, I absolutely wish people would have told me when I was younger that it's okay to be pissed off if a boy pulls your hair. It doesn't mean he likes you. And right. if that's how he's expressing how he likes you, well, fuck that kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. run away. Kid. Yeah, fuck. so uh, just conflating the idea with abuse from men equals love. How many of us have been set up for failure because mm -hmm. of those little schoolyard fun little ideas mm -hmm. about boys being abusive to girls? So yeah, like letting her know, like if she ever says like a oh boy pulled my hair or he hit me or whatever, uh, never, ever, ever stand for the fact that some might say, oh, it means he likes you. You used to say, what's his name? Who are his parents? <laughs> We're calling them. back. Yeah. Not okay. Yeah. That sounds like yeah. a direct quote of something I've done. for punching back. Yeah. I mean, it's so common. It's such a common experience. And if, yeah, if she ever gets in trouble for punching a boy who's rude to her, uh, don't actually punish her at home. Yeah, you know? she's she tell the principal whatever they want to hear, and then be like, "Good for you." She did get in um, trouble at school and, because we did tell her to stand up for herself. 
And uh, so the time that she got off yeah. from school, we pretty much had like ice cream parties three days in a row. It was pretty fun. I told her, I told her it was super important. You should yeah, always feel like you can stand up for yourself. This is yeah, when you're telling her that though. Well, I just want to say when you're telling her to stand up for herself, you have to give her good, good examples of what that means. Mm. You have to give her ways to do that, that, that aren't violent, that don't escalate. Mm. Like, yeah, you can't be too mad if she punches a dude that grabs her ass. Right. But like, you can show her, you should be able to tell a teacher, here's what you would say. Um, this is what you can say to the boy. Uh, you can ask your friend to walk with you, you know, like, give her some real tools so, and then if they fail her okay go to the punch but the point is a less violent world overall right so if we can get people to understand including the teachers like maybe they just don't get how relentless it is or or again they were affected by it when they were younger and no one helped them so they're not going out on a limb but if she every day is like okay well now he said this okay well annie said this and here's a list of everything he said and when and who heard it and who was around and, you know, documenting it. Like, there's so much. Just give her a bunch of options and then she can decide how to do it herself. But but that plus the representation of like, yeah, girls can play drums. They can play guitar. That definitely ha that's the only reason I play guitar today, because I saw a woman playing guitar on MTV and I it blew my mind. I was like, oh, I want to do that. So it's super, super important. So I know COVID's kind of screwed up all the concerts and everything, but uh, when do you think you're coming back through Utah, and is it going to be at a bar? Because I'd love to bring my daughter to see you play. <laughs> well, even if it's at a bar, I'd be like, um, this is my cousin. You have to let her in. Like, I would just, we'll just make something up. Like, don't worry about it. If, yeah. if anyone's listening, if you ever are wondering about getting your kid the end to see our show like we'll we'll fucking lie our faces off <laughs> to the owner or police or whatever and be, i'll just say she's my daughter who gives a shit uh so we'll we'll do what we can to make sure that she gets in you get those big gun mufflers you know protect her ears she'll be all right i have those um who the fuck knows when we're coming through again uh honestly one of the ways that i'm staying healthy and sane during this time is to not try to make predictions mm -hmm. Yeah. when it's not up to me right uh so i'm kind of just staying out of it I'm, I'm not even worrying about when we'll get to play again i'm just trying to remember that we will we will one day when it's right when everyone can be safe and not trying to play the predictions game i love it thank you so take much that, corona take that corona right <laughs> Just, you know, that bully, you don't meet it with the same aggression. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> same thing. Um, I really think it's so much of what you said is applicable for everyone, every stage of life, anytime. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on. I, You sold me on the book. Will you hold it up one more time? Yeah, there's Let's so get much it. good Let's stuff in here. I promise. I promise. So there'll be something in here that you love, that you hate, and that you need. I promise. Shauna, where can yeah. people get your book at? What's the best way for them to get your book? I would love people to order it from their local bookstores who hopefully mm -hmm. are doing maybe curbside service, if nothing else. Uh, order it from your local bookstore. Pick it up from the curb. If that's not an option, you can order it directly from the publisher, which is AK Press, which so just akpress.org. Uh, they're still filling orders. They're an awesome worker-run uh, book publisher, and so definitely worth supporting. 
And then if that doesn't work, you could go to the site that shall not be named. Um, but that's on you if you decide to go there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for um, coming on today, Shauna. I learned a lot. It was really great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was uh, unexpected. I thought I was going to get a bunch of like sex quizzes like, <laughs> like that I wouldn't know the answer to or something. <laughs> so what's your favorite that's, sex toy? And yeah. <laughs> That's next time. Okay. Yeah, we'll, All right. We'll have you back. Let's let's talk fun stuff next time. I'm I'm okay. totally up for it. Okay. All right. Great. We'll yeah. do it for sure. <laughs> All right. Good. Well, um, thanks everybody for joining us, and we will see you. Well, we won't see you, but you'll see us <laughs> if uh, you're one of our patrons on Patreon. So please um, join our community there. And if you have anything you want to say to us, you can email us at saltysexcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at saltysexcast. And um, Facebook. stay sexy. Facebook. And Facebook. Oh, shit. We just I forgot. started our Facebook page, Please. finally, because it's kind of a lot of work, you know. And we're kind <laughs> of hard on everything else. Plus, but, somebody you know, didn't want one. Forward slash saltysexcast. What was that? I said, plus, somebody didn't want one at first. Yeah, I'm yeah. scared. <laughs> I'm a little afraid. So. But no yeah. more. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. Stay sexy and salty. Bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah, and what's puberty? Puberty? Well, puberty's a lot of things. Here's the piece. When you hear about it first, it sounds very strange. Oh, if it really bothers you, you should see a doctor. Then at puberty, certain glands begin to work, and our bodies begin to change. It enlarges the penis itself. And there's a center opening between those two, which is called the vagina. The sex education you wish you had in high school. Maybe a diagram will help.